Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by DraftKings. The tournament is in full swing and action hasn't disappointed. If you've been watching, you've seen moments like, you know, Loyola Chicago knocking off Illinois, the one seed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. If you bet $1 on any tournament game and your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. Wow, so simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code TATE to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tay Frazier, and as always, I'm joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong, and today we have a very special guest. He's been on the show before. He's told his story to everyone, our entire Pushing Through audience, and today he's here to provide some inside information. BJ said he's going fishing. Welcome to the show, Mr. Chris Haynes. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right, man. What, what, B, what you got the hat on for? Hey, What's you, going on? Hey. <laughs> I'm listening today. I'm listening today. This is Chris Hayes. This is rare. This is Chris Hayes week. You know, I need to be a better listener than talking right now because it's strange. I'm going fishing, and they say, you, Chris, you know how the fish got caught, Chris? You know how the fish got caught? How did get caught, baby? He opened his mouth, baby. He opened his mouth. So you know what? I'm keeping my mouth closed. Chris, we need to know what's going on, baby. I'm so excited you gave us a few minutes of your valuable time i know your phone yeah. is ringing chris where are the players going <laughs> i'm done talking hey you know you don't hear that too often from me he said he's done talking you don't hear that too often Nah, Fraser, what's up, man? Shoot, man, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it, Chris. Well, let's start there. The NBA trade trade deadline is in two days, and uh, you know America is locked in, as BJ said. Everyone is waiting for the scoops. They're waiting for Chris Haynes to break the news. They're waiting for the Woj bombs. You know, they're waiting for Shane. Oh, this is that time of the uh, time of the season, time of the year. Uh, And I think the real question, Chris, we'll we'll start with the contenders, right? So, like Mm. the contenders, they're all looking to upgrade. Can we start in Philadelphia? That seems to be the hot topic of today. Today, Stein, Mark Stein, you know, a friend of the show as well has come on here. He oh, is God. reporting Kyle Lowry uh, is a guy that is being in conversations. Is that something that Chris Haynes is hearing as well? And what do you think Philadelphia may be looking for as we move into the trade deadline? Let's start there. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that's uh, Philadelphia has been monitoring Kyle Lowry for a while, especially yep. over his last couple of years. Obviously, hometown, you know, back in Philly. But, I mean, if you just look at their roster makeup, you know, they really don't have a true – uh, traditional point guard, um, Kyle Lowry, defensive-minded guy who's mm. also an offensive scoring threat. You know, something that as good as Ben Simmons is, that's something he lacks right now you know, as far as this part of the game. And so it, it makes all the sense in the world. I, I just don't think that Philly has the assets to, to pull that trade, you know, pull that trade off. It's going to take some maneuvering. I mean, but if there's anybody that can do it, you know, Daryl Morey is one of the most creative executives we have in this league, but you, you're, you're hearing a lot more um, rumblings as it pertains to Kyle Lowry and the Miami Heat. Uh, you know, we know mm-hmm. the Clippers. The Clippers are another team that's uh, looked into um, trying to see what they can do to get Lowry. I'm trying to think who else have I heard? Um, well, Chris, you know, I can't let you get off with that answer. We go, we take deep dives here. We take deep dives here. I, I thought you were we, staying quiet, well, dude. I am staying quiet. <laughs> but, you know, I got to keep it 100 here. We taking a deep dive here. You know, these waters run deep. So when I hear Kyle Lowry's name in trade rumors, right, respectfully uh-huh. so, I understand why Philly, great answer. I think I agree with you, you know. Do they have the assets to get back? But my question is, before we move on, 
what is Toronto really doing? Are they looking to break this thing down? Like, what 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 they doing? You just don't have Lowry's name floating out there. Yeah. What's Toronto really looking to do now? You know, we take I, deep dives here. All right. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything to say that Toronto is looking to start some form of a rebuild. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think when you look at Kyle Lowry, you look at his contract situation, um, you look at his age, and I think it, it makes sense to before Kyle Lowry stocks his stock plummets, you know, exponentially, that you could get something for him in return, especially before he, you know, hits the uh, free agent, free agency. So with that being said, you look at their roster makeup, and I think it's clear to say that Fred Van Fleet is the point guard uh, that's going to lead them for the next five years or so. And, you know, they've been, you know, they've been starting an uh, untraditional lineup, you know, of Lowry and Fred Van Fleet. And you can do, you can do that. You can do that in today's game. B, you couldn't do that back when you played. You couldn't have right. a, a Muggsy Bowles, B.J. Armstrong back uh, backcourt. But, you know, teams are getting away with doing that now because there's, there's really not any lethal two guards, you know, playing right now. Mm-hmm. So you can make do. And, you know, it's, it's a positionless game uh, for the most part now. And so but it, it makes sense for Toronto to move in that area. Now, if Toronto starts to, you know, they got um, – Excuse me. What's the guy? He he's on the market as well. Um, the other it? guard, the backup guard they have, Norman Powell. Norman oh, okay. Powell. Yep. Norman Powell. Another situation. Contract is due. There's talks of him um, opting out of his um, uh, well, declining his player option for next year. And so you know, these are peak times right now to be navigating this, you know, the landscape and seeing what you can get for these guys. So I, I think it makes it all the sense in the world, and you don't have to tank because I still think they have enough talent over there that they can still be competitive. Last question. Mm. What do you expect with Masai? Because I'm listening to what you're saying. We <coughs> fishing here right now. Mm-hmm. Is Masai going to re-sign there? If they do make these trades, what is he looking to get back in return? Because this sounds like the start of a, do I dare say, a reveal, Mr. Haynes. Yeah. But what, what you hear? I mean, look, it, it can be. I haven't heard that as of yet. But I will say this: you look at Messiah's contract; he's coming up, and um, you know, it, you know, he can be, you know, you just, you know, Messiah on the market is the top, the top free agent. You know, you can like this free agent class is not going to be that big. Um, you know, I think you look at other free agent classes. I don't think you there's a lot of star power in this upcoming free agency. So you throw Messiah in there. And then um, he, you can make a case that he's the biggest free agent of the offseason. So, uh, you know, he, he's going to have, you know, he's always been rumored with um, Washington and New York. Um, those have been the two teams he's been rumored to over the last couple of years. I think New York might be out of play now right. uh, with the addition of Leon Rose over there. And so, uh, but, you know, he's going to be a hot commodity in whatever he does. And, no, it's not a coincidence that, you know, he, he allows for his contract to get to this point. Uh, to where you know he he'll get you know have the pick of the litter, and so he's a smart dude. But you know, <laughs> and you look at they've been giving Bobby Webster a lot more, right? Uh, uh, a lot more power. You know, he's addressing media in mm-hmm. some of these crucial decisions that they make throughout the season. And so, uh, you, it looks like the writing is on the wall, but you know, we we just don't know that as of yet. Mm. Okay. And Chris, I want to I want to bring up a team you mentioned uh, as we were talking about Kyle Lowry, and that's the Miami Heat, because, you know, they at the start of the year, a lot of people kind of got off the scent of this team without Jimmy Butler. He was hurt. He comes back playing, as some people are saying, MVP level basketball gets Miami back into the conversation for the finals in the Eastern Conference. And now we're getting all the conversation of how are they going to upgrade this roster? You know, guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, he's been thrown out there. Kyle Lowry, of course, as we mentioned, you know, what is Miami doing? What is Pat Riley up to? Because, you know, they're always up to something down there. Yeah, they're, they're one of the more active teams out there um, trying to trying to uh, get some additions here. I mean, they're, they're a, you know, they're a fascinating team. Um, Jimmy Butler is definitely playing. I, I've got it's a there is a uh, there's a good friend of Jimmy Butler who recontacted me a couple of days ago, asked me how come I didn't have Jimmy Butler on my top five MVP watch. I mm. do an MVP, a Haynes MVP watch every <laughs> every other week. And you know Jimmy's not on. You know he's not on there. I said, man, look, Miami at this point, 
you know, two games above 500. Like, come on now. You know, if they were if that if that record was in the West, they they wouldn't even be in the playoff picture. And so, but you can't deny what Jimmy Butler is doing, the impact he has on, you know, on on his team, on the game, on both ends of the floor. But they still need help. And that's why they're out there um, looking at the market. LaMarcus Aldridge, that is a serious possibility. Mm. That's is that a what a buyout, Haynes? Is that what a buyout? It, yeah. it has to be a buyout. Yeah. It, it'll be like it's – I just can't see a team trading away assets for LaMarcus right now. I, I, just, I, I can't see that. So it, it would have to be a buyout situation. And so LaMarcus has options, obviously, with uh, Miami, who I think is – I think, I think they're in the front. I think they're in the driver's seat to mm-hmm. get them. But you got Boston right there, um, and then you know you have Portland. You know he's always been in contact with Dame ever since um, Damian Lillard. Ever right. since he left Portland, about the, these guys getting back together and trying to make it work. Um, that that can be a possibility after the season. He's a free agent after this year. Uh, but I, I think I think Miami's in the driver's seat right now. And so. Uh, you look at what Miami has, you know, Tyler Hero, you know, he's pretty untouchable right now. He's pretty untouchable. Everybody's going to ask for him, um, ask about him. But, you know, I think if you see a deal with Miami, you know, you're probably looking at a package that includes, you know, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek, or Andre Iguodala to make salaries work, depending on who they mm-hmm. who they get. And, you know, maybe it's some draft compensation. But, you know, that's that's pretty much – But I. I do expect Miami to make a move here at the deadline. Chris, what, what you know, much has been said about many of these players. We're talking about one here, LaMarcus Aldridge. They sent him home. Andre Drummond, mm-hmm. the team sent him home. P.J. Tucker, they sent him home. What's your take yeah. on that, Chris? And what is that saying about the league, the players, how to move a, how to move a player? Is that good for the league, bad for the league, indifferent? And what's your take on that? Yeah, it's um, I have mixed feelings about it. Obviously, um, you know Draymond, I think he, you know he he nailed it when he he spoke about it probably a month ago. And um, you know if a player, if a player asks for a trade or asks for a different situation, he's ridiculed, you know, by the fan bases and by the team. He he's viewed as a problem, as a distraction. But when the team wants to sit a healthy player. And then if the player doesn't want to abide by that, then still he's viewed as a, a distraction or as a problem. And that double standard, that, that that is a double standard right there. But I will say this. If the player wants to leave and the team wants to trade him, I have no problem with um, them sitting that player out. Because I think you, as a team, you have a responsibility to protect your asset, to make sure that he does not get hurt. Because it's one thing to have a player that you know that you're going to move at some point, and then um, and you just know that he is not a fit for what you guys are doing right now. Then it makes all the sense in the world to kind of kind of sit him down if the player wants to be moved. Now, if a player doesn't want to be moved, he's adamant he wants to play, you know that that's something different, but we all know that the team holds the cards here. It's all, there's always been a double standard. It's it's not fair, but I, I think what what we can do, what I can do, and what I think what Draymond try to do is just educate the fan base because you know too often when players request trades, you know they they're ridiculed. You know they come back in their return games after they're dealt, they're booed and what else and whatever, and so. I think it's important just to educate the fan bases that this is a business and just understand what the player went through prior before he even got to this point of requesting a trade. Like, did the team do right by the, by, by the player? Did they give him all the help that they said promised them that they were going to do? And did that star player do the best he could in his tenure there? And if the, the answer is yes to that last question, did, it, did he do the best he could? Um, and it still wasn't enough there, it still wasn't enough help, then he, he should have a right to request a trade. Now, obviously, it's still up to the team if he's under contract, but, you know, I think fan base just need to be a little bit more educated that this is the business. And if you're going to ridicule the players for asking out, you know, let's ridicule some of these teams for um, picking, sometimes picking players that don't pan out and picking players that 
they don't have a clue on how to how to develop. And I think we've seen a lot of that in the league as well. And Chris, we see a lot of, uh, you know, you mentioned Draymond, so it just made me think of the Warriors. We see a lot of PR warfare when it comes to the players and it comes to the coaches and it comes to the teams and what they're trying to put out to the world and what you're being told. And, you know, one example of this I saw on Twitter the other day, Steve Kerr, it's a it's a quote from a press conference, and he basically says, you know, the the fi- the, the 15 win season was more enjoyable than the year yeah. they went to the finals with Kevin Durant in the final season, you know, it, it implies that there were some things behind the scene, regardless, you know, KD never never wanted to shy away on Twitter, uh, you know, responds to it basically and, uh, you know, says, wow, that would be the the, the, the takeaway from it. This is ridiculous. Um, so these types of things, like how, how do you how do we sift through that? And it, I mean, it's good in one sense because everyone has their own platform to respond. Right. But it's bad in the other sense. It seems like, like I said, PR warfare. Yeah, I spoke with KD yesterday about about that a little bit. Um I don't want to reveal too much. Yeah you, but, don't have um, to, yeah, you don't have to do that. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's safe to say he, he felt some, you know, he felt a certain way about that, um, I, about I that remark. Could understand that. Yeah, even though um, Steve Kerr didn't mention him in particular. And it was a, it was a writer who obviously took a tweet and said that Steve Kerr right. said that season, Kevin Durant's last season was not fun. Yeah. Um. And I get Steve's frustration because he didn't mention uh, – you know, i got a brother. His name is Mark Haynes. He's covering – he just started covering the Warriors, like, for clutch points. He's mm-hmm. trying to get in, learning all the ropes. And so I was telling him, you know, just about the, the foundation of fundamentals, of fundamentals of journalism is that as much as we want to connect the dots, like, say BJ gives me an interview and he tells me that – you know, during my playing days, I didn't get along with this player. And I'm like, BJ, what player was that? He was like, well, this player was bald head. He was around <laughs> six foot six. <laughs> and, you know, I just didn't get along with this player. Yeah. Okay. And that's all he gave to me. Now, as much as we want to connect the dots and complete a sentence, as a journalist, if I'm promoting that interview and I have to mention that, I can't say, I can't tweet that B.J. Armstrong had a problem with Michael Jordan because mm-hmm. he didn't say it. Mm-hmm. He didn't say it. And so I try to tell my brother, as much as it seems like that's exactly what Steve Kerr said or meant, being that he didn't take it there, we as journalists, we got to do we got to do what's right. We can't we can't do that. And it happens. It happens it- a lot. But that, but did, that's just a mistake. Did I read? But again, you 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 guys are much more more active on social media. I thought I read where the reporter who initially reported that recanted his statement and said he was uh, he wasn't very responsible and he didn't accurately yeah. report that. I thought that's what I read earlier. Yeah, he, yeah. apologized. He, he apologized. He put a tweet yeah, out. He put that's a tweet out later later on saying he he was irresponsible. Okay, yeah, that's for, what that's for the way okay. for the way he it, did it. it but, but then it all becomes PR warfare at the end of the day. And now Steve Kerr and KD have to have a conversation, like real, like a real conversation. And then there's like this Twitter conversation, which is this fake conversation. And at the end of the day, it's just this whole mess. And uh, it's yeah. hard for players to you know to kind of control the narrative, you know, control your brand, like a guy like like Michael was able to do. And I feel like all these kids in the league have looked up to wanting to be the next Michael Jordan and it's almost impossible because you cannot control your narrative and there's too many people talking that, well, that, I, I that, got something to oh, say go can I say something can I say please, something please. I, I think because I'm a little older we want to control our narrative we want to be a <laughs> brand we want to mm-hmm. be this we want to be that but we forgetting the most important part of this brand perform <laughs> basketball mm-hmm. Now, if you go out, Tate, and win 10 straight scoring titles, if you go out, Tate, win six NBA finals, you go out, win five MVPs, you can talk, you got talk. something to say. Mm-hmm. Now, if you just go, want to go out here and control your brand and you don't do none <laughs> of them things, then... Now nah, it's a PR war, you know? And I, now mm-hmm. we into marketing and branding and all of these things. Everybody want to be this guy, Jordan. Okay. 
what what about the other things that he did? You win the defensive player of the year, the MVPs, the the, the championships. Mm-hmm. The bottom line to this brand or whatever it is we are trying to search for, you got to perform. Yeah. Now, we yeah. can all strive for those things, and that should be a standard. But before we get to that level and want to want all of that credibility or whatever it is you're looking for, don't you got to achieve something or perform and do something? Or do we just say, I want all of this without, without doing it? Because this is what I don't understand. But I'm 53 now. So, you know, this is this is my problem. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things I want too, but you got to put some work in here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I get it. Like, my son is 20. He he want a, he want a Benz. He want Gucci <laughs> shoes. He want all of these things. And I'm sitting there going, okay, how you going to get it? <laughs> now, I'm asking you, Tate. You know, I hear, I hear this Brandon stuff now. But again, you see, y'all got me, you know, y'all got me out here with my fisherman hat on today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're just trying to find where the brands are. I'm yeah, trying, to, hey, trying to find now, the fish. I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to interrupt you because I said I was going to be quiet today. But wait a minute. I can't let these young people just be saying things. Somebody got to put the work in. Now, Chris Hayes is on the road right now. He working right now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, it was, a, I, I'll say it's, you know, even, you know, to go back to, to the whole, whatever you want to call it, mix yeah. up, uh, misrepresentation of what Steve said. I still think Kerr has to be careful because he he knows, like when you're talking about that last season, like I covered, like I was covering the Warriors um, that last year, like all the way through. So I knew everything that was going on and and just the stress everybody was under. Mm. And so, you know, Steve, you know, like when you're talking about that stressful year, Yes, Clay did get hurt, and that was a you know a ca- catastrophic injury, you know, during the finals. But all through that year, that last year, it was all KD narrative. And so um, you got to know, like when you're talking about that last season, especially when you're talking um, in a, I want to say negative light. It wasn't a negative light, but anything that's you, anything you say that can be perceived as negative towards KD is going to. It's going to blow up. Yeah, stoke the flame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is not an energy drink, folks. It is a cerebral beverage designed to help the brain respond with focus, alertness, and productivity, as well as the physical stamina to make it all happen. It consists of four blends of natural caffeine, fuels, antioxidants, and brain boosters. Perfect for any day you need to really grind or be at your best for a long period of time. I need that when I do these podcasts. So I drink, you know, the Thrive Ice, which is a nice, you know, light citrus flavor, or the Alpha Punch, which is, you know, your classic fruit punch. Available at Brain Fuel in four delicious flavors. Again, the promo code is PUSHIN to receive a 15% discount. And this is how you get it. You go to brainfuel.com slash discount slash PUSHIN. Again, that is brainfuel.com slash discount slash pushing to get a 15% discount brain fuel get your cerebral beverage today <laughs> brain fuel promo code pushing today's show is brought to you by nitsa it can be a little frustrating especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railroad crossing waiting for a train and if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks well don't ever to the naked eye trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are and they can't stop quickly even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time it's too late and the result is a potentially deadly crash the point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive the train can't stop quickly even if it sees you it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Mm. Well, I have to ask you about this team, Chris, because I think America's waiting. The defending champions in the NBA, the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, obviously out right now with an injury. Um, they let some guys go in the offseason, made some big free agent acquisitions. 
they're now apparently looking for some potential players, you know, whether it be buyout guys or, you know, making a trade, whatever it may be. What are you hearing about the defending champs and what are they trying to do, if anything? And obviously we're waiting for AD to come back as well. Yeah, AD to come back. And I think um, it's looking good. It's looking pretty good for them that they will uh, pick up Andre Drummond. Mm. You know, I, really? I think, um, really? Really? Yeah, I think I think they'll be able to pull that off. I do. I, I, I don't know that Cleveland, you know, they're in another situation as well, similar to... Is this a buyout? Is this another buyout, yeah, Chris? Buy, yeah, it'd have to be a buyout. It'd have to be a buyout situation. And uh, it's, 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 it's looking like it's headed that way. I haven't heard anything, and obviously I've been on the phone in a lot. I'm here in L.A., uh, you know, spend a couple of days here, and I, I usually do that, but I've, I've had it. My conversations, I haven't heard much traction on a potential Andre Drummond trade. I mean, Chris, you said that kind of real nonchalant. He's here <laughs> in L.A. Like, you, you know, you want to tell us any anything more? I mean, you in L.A., think, he's in L.A. Look, you said it real kind of nonchalant. Like, I, I did y'all have me, lunch I, or something? Or? I, I can say, no, I, I haven't met, I haven't met, you know, safety protocols be, you know. I'm okay, not, I'm okay. Not okay. Yeah, you guys stay safe, stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs> yeah, stay, you know, I'm not doing that. Social but, uh, distant lunch, you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> come on, guys. Social distant lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, you know, I just think uh, you know, he's here and um it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be tough for Cleveland to move him. It is it's really gonna be tough. And so Chris, okay, no reason he, alone. If he does move, are they looking at him? Are they viewing him, the Lakers, are they viewing him as a starter? I mean, yeah, you got Marcus Gasol. So what he's does that do to Marcus Gasol? What is talk to me now, Chris? This is this seems this seems what are the Lakers saying right now? I mean, it, it, it you know what? Chris, we're making, Chris, we're making I want to know what's being said here because you know, you, everyone's just saying this, but you know, they did a lot of restructuring yep. in the summer, and mm. everybody was like, "Oh, they improved," and now all of a sudden, you got like a starter, like you just take him out of the lineup. Like Chris, what are they saying here right now? What what's going on? Talk to me, Chris. <laughs> I went, I went, I went. Um, oh, it was my podcast yesterday. I went on my oh, what's podcast. What's the name of the podcast again? What's the name of the podcast? Posted up with Chris Haynes. Yep. Yes, sir. Posted yep. up with Chris Haynes. Okay, okay. And Five so, star uh, reviews. Go do it. Yes, 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 <laughs> yeah. yes it is. And so I, we were talking about the Lakers, and you know what I said? You know what? When the, when last off season happened, all the moves that were made. Lakers got a lot of praise for their their offseason. Yep. And, um, you know, I was one of them as well. I was like, man, they really just stacked the deck. You know, they were, <laughs> you know, they were, um, you know, just thinking beyond anybody else. They put a they're, – they're, they're a more potent roster right now. And then I said, you know what, now looking back at it, I think the Lakers got too cute. They mm. got too cute. Mm-hmm. And, um, look – that should have been a. I'm not gonna say it should have been, but most teams like that. You run it back. You run it back. You run it That's back. Right. You run it back. You know, Javale McGee. No real off season. Right. No real off season. You know, Javale McGee, Dwight Howard. That yep. was a great one-two punch they had. Rim protection. And rim protection. You know, you had Dwight surge towards the end. Yep. Right. And he was incredible for him. Ray John Rondo, even though he suffered the, the hand injury in the bubble, came back and played strong. Yep. Lights out. Um, like, I, I agree. They they probably should have ran it back. And I, I credit, look, I credit Rob Polinka for not staying stagnant and and just saying, no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna get better. We're not gonna just, you know, we're not just gonna settle. But this is one of those situations you look at it like, has it worked? Mark Gasol has been a shell of himself, period. Yep. Yeah. Montrez Harold, we knew he was going to go and do what he did, you know, the reigning six man of the year award, uh, but he's not a rim protecting center. Mm. And uh, so what they're going to do with Marcus Gasol? Sit him down, B. Mm. Sit him down. Mm. I, I don't think, I don't think, um, I don't think he really helps the team on the court. I really, I really don't. Well, uh, I think right now he's more of a, a locker room presence than anything. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, Tate, you know, we, we we talked about it early and Tate, you know, and I had concern. I had two concerns with the move. One, you got to have athletic bigs because at some point when you make a deep playoff run, you can never have enough big bodies, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially athletic big bodies who don't need 
to score or get touches in the post. Mm-hmm. Not only did they have one player who could play vertical basketball in JaVale McGee, who was starting for most of the year, they had Dwight Howard, who's arguably just as good or better mm-hmm. playing that vertical mm-hmm. basketball. And neither one of them needed touches to play because LeBron James and Anthony Davis were clearly, they're, they're clearly the one-two punch are going to get all the touches. Now, yep. I, in addition to that, I thought it was a huge mistake to let Rondo go because it allowed LeBron James, who was, who led the league in assists last year, to get off the ball once the playoffs began, when the game slowed down. Suddenly, you got a guy, and who else could say this other than the Lakers last year? Their team, their leading guy is going to lead the league in assists, and then when the playoffs begin, go score 30 points. Yeah. Now, that's a versatile, that's an incredible option to have. And you talk about positionless basketball and versatility. Who can match that? Right? You who else could could do that? They could take the 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 leading guy in the league from off the ball, and then he just goes and scores 30 points, and you you arguably better now. Mm -hmm. So I think those two things are going to show up here at some point for them. They're going to need a big, whether it's playing against Jokic or playing against Rudy Gobert or Embiid. Possibly Embiid, Joel Embiid yeah. or somebody. It's going to show up, and you have to have multiple ball handlers on the first unit and the second unit. And right now, Schroeder is playing with the first unit, which kind of takes LeBron off the ball some. So mm-hmm. to me, when you're looking at the roster, I said I was a little concerned. And it's interesting to see Drummond and if they comes in as a starter, to me, that says something. That says something right now. Well, you know, AD doesn't like playing center. I, I know, but AD doesn't like playing center, but AD is arguably a top two or three center in the NBA. Yeah, who he's going to have to play the five else, at some point. Who else could play the center position, be a rim protector, shoot threes, and then guard the other team's Jimmy Butler in the NBA Finals? I don't know yep. another center in the league. Maybe only yeah. Giannis could do something like that. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. may not or like KD playing the if center, he to the five, but yeah. arguably in today's game, he might be the best at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may, and, and and that's not to say him coming in as a starter doesn't mean that he'll finish the game out. Yep. You know, so you know that's 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 different right there. But definitely, I think what the the resume that Andre Drummond has, I. I think it's worth it to bring him in as a starter. See what you got. You got they got time to evaluate him. See what you got. See if he's somebody you can play in the last three four minutes of the game. So you know it, it would be a good addition, if, you know, if it occurred. But it's, it's looking pretty good for the Lakers. But you know, you, you guys point to this like in the West. I'm talking about the West in particular. This is why this trade deadline. I don't know that it's going to be a flurry of moves, but. This is set up. This trade deadline is set up for a team. It can be a team from number one to number seven, one move can put you as the numero uno team in the Western Conference. Like, everybody is vulnerable, even the Lakers. Even the Lakers. Anybody can get it. Portland, Denver, uh, they're a move away from being, like, number one. You know, do do people still believe in Utah? Like, do they believe that they're unstoppable in the playoffs? I think – this is a vulnerable conference right now. And I think um, if there's any team that feels like they, they, they have a shot or they have a window, this might be it. This might be the window to do something, you know, that may be a little controversial, uh, may step out of, you know, uh, of what you got, what the organization planned before the season started. But look, man, you just got to look at the landscape and see, man, hey, we might have to make a move. And so I, I'm looking to see if there, a, a team steps up to the plate you know, at that type of a job. Chris, I'm glad you said this. It's two things, Chris, and I want to ask your opinion because you on the same network as I'm on. You talking to the 30 teams and you talking to agents like myself, other agents, executives, players. But there's two things that's been incredible to watch during this trading deadline here, what's coming up on the 25th. First, every executive I've spoken to they had they had, they were at the NCAA playoffs, uh-huh. which makes it very difficult for them to get a deal done because they are on the road like you currently are. Mm-hmm. 
most <laughs> of the time, the executives are at All-Star Weekend, and then a week or two later, or whenever the time comes, they're there. Yeah. They're all sitting in the office, huddled up, boom, 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 and they do their thing. But now yeah. they have to scout the players, and they're all at the game. And it's to me, it's not... It's not a it's it's no coincidence that nothing has really gotten done yet because they're all out of the office. I expect now in the next couple of days, since yesterday was the the game in the in the what the get to the sweet 16, everyone yeah. will probably get some deals because everyone was on the road calling yeah. in between games. That was the first thing. The second thing I think is going to be interesting, which I'm fascinated with, is now that we have these play-in games. At what point do the teams who normally would just take the trading deadline and say, we are just going to like, you know, play out the rest of the year. They're not saying they're tanking, mm-hmm. but they're going to play mm-hmm. out the rest of the year. At what point do you signal to your team, we might not want to get to the playoff game and give up mm-hmm. on that ninth, 10th team now who could get into the playoffs with the playoff game? Mm-hmm. So now those two things to me have been fat will be have been fascinating thus far because those teams who normally would start looking at the lottery suddenly now their team is like and their coaching staff is like we could possibly get in because like you just said a five game six game let alone an eight game swing like the Atlanta Hawks they were out of the playoffs eight games ago now Mm -hmm. they're up to what the four seed. Mm. So that this has been fascinating to watch. And I am interested to see how these executives are going to maneuver this, because now I don't think teams can afford to do what they've normally done after the trading deadline, because there are playoff. There's a playoff game to get in. Mm. And you pull back the curtain a little bit on that, B. And I think that's what a lot of fans don't understand and realize is that, you know, Trade deadline is usually in February mm-hmm. before March Madness. That's right. And so they don't have the distraction of going to games and being in different arenas. So they're, they're being like – vers- their versatility right now, I'm talking about front office out there, is really being tested right now. You know, can you right. do multiple things at, at one time? So you have that. And then you have BJ. I mean, I'm not having – I'm being honest. I haven't even thought about that. Like you have teams like, you know – there, it's usually just the eight, the top eight going to the right. playoffs. And then the other teams that's left out, they start looking they towards – Yeah, they out. They start playing their young tankers. guys. We, we yeah, want to evaluate guys, yeah. our young players, right? Yeah. So this league – so this this is another avenue. I mean, maybe that's what the league wanted too because now you can have more competitive games and now you won't have more teams doing that where they're sitting and resting healthy guys um, or tanking. You know, so – Maybe that's a good move for basketball product, but yeah, that, that's a that's something I haven't considered. You know, just the the mindset. Their mindset has to change now with that loophole being thrust in there, um, allowing them to have a chance to get into the playoffs. And you know, I, I don't know, but those those are those are definitely something to, to consider. You know, when you're looking at maybe you know that can be a reason too why um, you're not hearing. I'm not hearing a lot of trade flurry news. You know, we're, we're hearing some, but it's not. It's not rapid like we like we're accustomed to hearing, you know, leading up to the trade deadline. And, and BJ brought up a team that I think is fascinating, Chris, and that's the Atlanta Hawks because we've seen it, it's a seesaw. It's up and mm-hmm. down uh, in the offseason. They kind of signal to the world that they're going to try to make a run and compete. You know, they sign guys like Bogdanovich. They signed Rajon Rondo, obviously. And now you look at this team and you say, what are we going to what are they going to do here because like they're in fourth place they have a guy John Collins who is going to come up some think he should be a max player some believe the Hawks do not think he should be a max player there's teams that have interest in him there's also a young guy Cam Reddish which I, I've seen his name thrown out there and then there's guys like you know a Rondo if, if a team I you know I don't know what the interest is there but maybe maybe there is so like what are the Hawks like what does that look like if you're the, if you are the Hawks do you make a decision let's let's make a run let's go for it or do you say hey let's try to see if we can get some assets for some of the guys we do have. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, you know, have players available. Um, you know, I, I reported yesterday that uh, it's looking like they're they're going to, they're hesitant and reluctant to trade John Collins. I don't think he will be moved. They're not getting, Good. they're not getting uh, the, the pitches they are, they are getting have been underwhelming. 
mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. And so, um, and he's playing well. You know, he the is. Hawks were on an eight-game winning streak, yep. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I went to, I was at their game last night where they played the Clippers, and they were up 20 in the third quarter. It's a great and, comeback for the Clippers, yeah. Yeah, Clippers came back and, and got that. So, uh, you know, they're looking they're looking pretty good, but they're, they're, they're definitely trying to make some moves around the edges now to try to shore things up. I, I think Rondo stays. Um, everybody else can pretty much, you know, aside from Trey, John Collins, uh, everybody else is pretty much available. What about Book Nodovich? Um, I, I was hearing his name he, earlier. He's, is, is he's he, available. He, he's available. He's available. He's available. He, he hasn't, you know, that was a big, you have to remember, you know, Mark, you know, he was a big name this offseason because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, we remember the the trade that the Milwaukee Bucks tried to make and that right. was just completely dismantled in embarrassing fashion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that was a guy who Giannis really wanted. Like a lot of people were high on him, you right. know, what he did in Sacramento. A lot of people felt like he was kind of held back. Um, and it felt like if he get to another opportunity, he'd be able to showcase. Well, he's been injured. A lot this season. Um, the play hasn't been there. Really been really been inconsistent, and so he, he's a, he's somebody that they're looking to move if the price is right. Uh, but there, I you know I tell you one, Cam Reddish. I'm gonna tell you right now, this guy grew since he got drafted. Like hmm. he looks literally like close to seven foot. Yeah, like he looks like six eleven. Yeah, yeah, he is, dude. I'm like, he wasn't like that when he just got into the league. Like, yeah, he's, he's like six grown. seven. Yeah, yeah, he, this dude, he is long, man, a long wing. So I, you know, that you know, obviously he's still young and his game hasn't developed and matured. But you know, I, I, I still like him. I don't think you can give up on him. But he's, but he's a valuable asset. He's mm-hmm. a valuable asset, and um, you know the Hawks have to do their due diligence. But I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed pat. But I, I think the Hawks have made the way. The way the way it was explained to me is that if they make some moves as of right now, which was yesterday, there probably be some moves that's around the edges. Mm. Quick break to introduce a new sponsor to the show, IP Vanish VPN. And let me tell you a little bit about IP Vanish VPN. If you care about the security of your online activity, IP Vanish VPN is a quick and easy way to start protecting yourself. Rated 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, IP Vanish provides an encrypted connection for all your internet traffic, helping to prevent websites, Wi-Fi providers, and even hackers from intercepting your data. Help keep your financial details, personal information, and online activity safe from threats with ip vanish get started with this get started with this limited time offer and save 50 percent off monthly and annual subscriptions visit i visit ipvanish.com slash visit ipvanish.com slash pushing through oh slash tate sorry get started Get started with this limited time offer and save 50% off monthly and annual subscriptions. You can visit IP you can visit ipvanish.com slash Tate. Again, if you want to get 50, if you want to get if you want to save 50% off monthly monthly and annual subscriptions, it is visit ipvanish.com slash Tate. And we're also brought to you by our friends. DraftKings, the tournament is in full swing and action hasn't disappointed. If you've been watching, you've seen moments like, you know, Loyola Chicago knocking off Illinois, the one seed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of all the action. If you bet $1 on any tournament game and your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet, and that team winning their next game. Wow, so simple. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code TATE to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call. 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yeah, Chris, I want to move a little, little, little quick here. You know, I, I know you got to get going. I know your phone is ringing. <laughs> I got to touch on, I got to touch on Brooklyn though. I got to okay. touch on Brooklyn, Clippers, Phoenix. Mm, Denver, we need to know maybe. what's going on. We need to know what's going on here because Brooklyn, we talked about Philly, but we have to talk about this Brooklyn team. Do you expect Brooklyn to make some moves here heading down the stretch. 
And if so, what do what, what, who, who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Drummond was a guy that's on their list as well. But I think Lakers are the favorite in that situation. Um, you know, another name I heard was um, JaVale McGee. Yep. That is a name um, that I've heard as well. And uh, You talked to I'm his actually, agent? I- you talked to his agent? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I don't reveal my sources. I don't reveal oh, my okay, sources. Okay, right. But I, I'll say, you know, I, I had JaVale on my pod uh, three weeks ago. And, you know, we talked about it then, like the possibility right. of, you know, of Brooklyn and, you know, him and KD, KD are really, you right. know, they're, they're yeah, cool. They're tight. They're tight. Yep. Yeah, they play together in Golden State. And so it, it, it'll make logical sense. There's not many bigs out there That's right. available that will be able to do what the Nets need them to do at that position. Right. If that makes any sense. Um, you know, they got Blake Griffin, but I was always told that they weren't through trying to shore up that position. Uh, they need a shot blocker, a rim protector. You know, DeAndre Jordan, you know, he's, he's playing that, you know, role well, but – they need a, another guy. And so I, I expect Brooklyn to do that. Man, we're hearing Spencer Dinwiddie. We're hearing Miami linked to Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, San Antonio linked to Spencer Dinwiddie. So, no, nah, Brooklyn, they're going to make moves, and they, and they have to. And uh, What about Aaron Gordon? Where you, where do you hear about him? Okay, so I reported on Aaron Gordon yesterday as well. So I was told that there was a deal in place for um, Gordon Hayward and Houston. Houston Gordon Orlando. Hayward? Excuse me, not Gordon here. Aaron Gordon. Oh, my oh, God. I thought you were about to drop some. I thought you were. I'm, I'm, I'm a Hornets hey, fan. Hey, I, hey, I was like, hey, hey, Chris, whoa, what up? Hey, hey, he's over here. Hey, I was like, come hey, check. No. Hey, you bring it all over that, baby. I was going to say, whoa, okay. All right. My apologies. My apologies. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Okay. And so Aaron Gordon will be an uh, unrestricted free agent in 2022. Okay. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was told, sources told me that he does not want to be traded to a bottom feeder team, a rebuilding team. He wants to win. He wants to compete for a championship. He wants to be on a contending team, at least a team that has a chance to make a deep playoff run. And so I was told, sources told me that, uh, you know, teams in the Rockets want assurance that, want assurance that, um, he would resign back. He would sign. No, that he would do an extension. That he would do an extension, and Aaron Gordon is not doing that. He's not doing that. So that deal was, that deal was kiboshed. Um, so the, those are those are some of the obstacles Orlando is facing. You know, because it kind of shrinks, um, the teams that they can't trade them to because teams want some assurance. You know, they don't want to trade valuable assets for a guy who can bolt after the next season. So. Um, you know, that's one thing, but you know, Boston, Boston right now, they're mm-hmm. they're making a play, they're making a serious push. That's that's legit, that's real. Um, and it definitely fits into the criteria with Aaron Gordon, which will, will require of being a team that has potential to make a, a strong playoff push. So um, you know, I think I think Aaron Gordon would be one of the biggest names, it's not the biggest name that would be moved at the deadline. What about Oladipo? You mentioned Houston. I know his name has been out there as well. Is that is that someone else that could be on the move potentially? Yeah, see, Rose Rose reported that you know yeah. he'll, he'll be moved, and so that that was always that was always Houston's plan. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when they got him, see what they had in him, showcase him. You know, have a showcase um, tenure with him, right? So the league can you know do what they need to do. What? Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about this team. I think everyone is, is sleeping on this team. They clearly have a great player is the Denver Nuggets. Okay. They are deep. I think they have a lot of players that are coveted around the league. Bow Bow. Mm-hmm. And they lost a really good player mm-hmm. who's playing very well for my hometown Detroit Pistons and Jeremy Grant. Yep. Yes. Yep. And if there's any they, they I think they miss him. They miss his athletic ability, yep. be able to guard the other teams. Wing players, the Kawhi Leonard's, the LeBron James, like everyone is struggling to find. Mm-hmm. Do you expect them to make a move because Jokic is playing MVP caliber basketball? Okay. I think they have a deep team. And I think they have, with the right maneuvering, I think a player like an Aaron Gordon could put them back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are, they do have interest in Aaron Gordon. Um, they also have interest in the guy you just brought up first and foremost, 
Jeremy Grant. Have having him back. Why are you trying so, to take all the, the, the lead the Pistons alone, man? The Pistons. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. hey, you you got you got your guy out there too, BJ. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got him out there too. So right, let's keep it fair. <laughs> but you know, Denver's. You know, I was told that Denver they're not going to be a desperate team. They feel right. like they're, they're getting Gary Harris back soon. Um, and then Monty Morris, you know, he'll be soon after that. So they feel like they get their squad back, they'll be able to contend. Especially like I just told y'all with the landscape of the Western Conference right now, there's no clear cut front runner right now. I, I think, obviously, I think when the Lakers are healthy, I still would pick them above anybody in the West. But they got to be vulnerable. AD is Mr. Chunk of time. Right. LeBron James will be coming back from his injury. Will they have enough time to get some continuity? Um, so you know, you have all those things in the air, but. You know, Denver, they're, they're doing their, you know, they're doing their research on Aaron Gordon, still trying to make something happen with that. Jeremy Grant is an option. Was it was it another player I heard with Denver? Um, you know, they're holding on to Bo Bo. You know, he's a promising prospect. Um, mm-hmm. pe- people people want to see what he has. You know, we saw him in the bubble. He was able to do a little bit of his thing during the seeding game. Yep. When they got to the playoffs, they, you know, they kind of phased him out. But, uh, you know, there's promise there at his size and you know, you don't see too many people doing what he do, you know does at that size. What, what about Utah? You, you know, the, the the shift around. What is Utah? Are, is this the team? Are they trying to tinker a little bit? Is this the the one they think that'll get them to the NBA Finals out of the Western Conference? Well, look, they they got a shot. I think I think for the most part, this is going to be the team. I really do. I I think if they make a move, like I said, I I think it'll be around the edge, but. This is this, this is the squad. Now, um, you know, one thing I, t- I had Jordan Clarkson on my pod like two weeks ago, and I told him to his face, I'm like, I'm not sold, Jordan. Like, I'm not yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I, I, I want to, but I just don't know if we can get it done in the playoffs when it really matters. Right. You know, and he was like, man, we've we been hearing that all season. He said, so we're going to go out there and do what we do. So I will say this. If you're going to have that type of attitude, if you're going to stand pat right now, I think the Jazz, this is the season where, where they can do that and see what they have. Because like I said, I don't think there's really anybody that's uh, that's head over heels above anybody. But, you know, I, I think they'll stay with this team. And I don't know, guys. I, I really, you know, it's hard. Like, will I pick them over a Phoenix team in the seven-game series? Maybe. Portland, when healthy, I don't know that I do. Mm-hmm. Lakers, I don't. Clippers, I don't. Mm-hmm. And maybe I am disrespecting the Jazz because they are the number one seed. I mean, Denver, I, you don't, right? After last year, we just saw it in the bubble. You, you probably take Denver over them yeah. right now. Um, if if they're if all of their guys are there, that's the thing. Like they got yeah, so many yeah. guys that's out, and then when they get back, will they have enough time to round into in their the form. previous form? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my concern with, with Denver, but. Look, man, Utah may shock me. They might have figured this thing out, and they got their team has been together for so long. So you know, sometimes you know, it, it just takes the, the right time and the right year for everything to click, and then bam, you a champ. So you I want to we'll say see. this. I want to say this, Chris. I want to say this to you though about the Utah Jazz. Uh oh. I'm gonna respect the Jazz because you know what? It's hard to win in this league. A win is a win, and I'm giving them credit for winning the games. They're sure. supposed to win. I'm giving them the credit for how they played this year. But I'm going to say this. And I'm going to go back to the NBA to 1946 to say this. <laughs> the to BAA at the time. Yeah, to win a championship, it's about personnel. To win a championship. I ain't saying to win a regular season game. But to win a championship, it's about personnel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wait to properly evaluate the Utah Jazz with a championship lens once the playoffs begin because it's about personnel right now. Mm-hmm. I don't, I Because right now in the regular season, we can get PER. We can get three-point shooting percentages. We can get, you know, they got great spacing. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they're the most efficient <laughs> offense in the NBA. We can say all those things now, right? You Come on, Chris. You you smiling because you know that's what we're saying right now, right? We can we can, but in that playoff start, Chris, it's gonna be a loose ball. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And ain't I no mean, PER I- and ain't no spacing gonna get that loose ball. You gonna be down in the series 02. We gonna find out who's who and what's what. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that the personnel of the Utah Jazz, is this a championship team that was built to make that run? Can they play? That's the only question that I have because they have Donovan Mitchell, who's been playing terrific. Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. Bogdan and uh, Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert. He could be defensive player of the year, argue. I mean, he had nine blocks the other day. Quinn could be coach of the year. But now, do they have a championship caliber roster? That's a fair question. Yeah, that's a fair question, but you know we're not going to be able to answer that question until playoffs start. So I, I, I get your, I get the reason why you're waiting to hold judgment. But in my profession, BJ, you have the latitude to do such. I get asked this question. I got to make these predictions all the you know, time, you know Chris. What I mean? All the yeah, time. I and feel I, bad and I, for you. I hate doing it. I yeah. hate doing it. And, and the funny, and the thing about it, it's, it pisses me off too. It's part of the job. I get it. But fans, some fans just don't understand. Yeah, it's like they coming back at me off of a preseason prediction I had before the season started, and coming back to me. You had the Jazz in the fifth and sixth. I'm like, yes. Did you see what they did in the playoffs? Yes, I, I do. I did. Like, am I supposed to tell the future? I mean, NBA Insider doesn't make me a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just just means I have a little bit more contacts. <laughs> That's a great point, Chris. Yeah, I feel bad that you have to do your MVP list and then have the guys that you have to talk to then know that you don't put them on that list to be bad yeah. at you. Uh, I've got, I've got. It's, it's part it's a tough of it. You know? Yeah, it is. It's, it's part of it. You know, especially you know since they um, well, like three or four years ago, they started making our uh, awards ballots public. Oh right? yeah. So, you know, I get a whole bunch of calls now, you know, after the players see you didn't vote for them or they're mad that you didn't put them on the first team and all that stuff. And so, <laughs> man, it's part of it. Well, well you know, since before, the, you know, the ballot, who is on your ballot right now? Who, who's your front runner? <laughs> who's your front runner right now? You know? We well, like to keep what? it hot. We like to keep it hot. We like to keep it hot <laughs> here. We like to keep it hot. Chris, this is nightmare. Yeah, we like to keep it hot here. I mean, he's, it's just us talking. Again. I mean, Chris, he's it's just again. us. It ain't nobody listening or nothing. Like they just us talking. We just you know chopping it up like we do. They trying to put me in the Steve Kerr situation. Yeah. No, no, we just chopping it up here. No, we got you on tape. See, we ain't got Steve Kerr's on tape. We got you on tape, baby. Hey, we can clean this up. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, nice, Steve. Oh, Wrap it up in the phone. It's just us. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? We, we ain't going to hold you to it here. Now, I don't know what they doing out there. But here, we ain't going to hold you to it. We just chopping it up. Couple guys chopping it up. You know what I mean? This is what we do. He said, y'all ain't going to hold me. Hold me. <laughs> no, we ain't going to hold you to it, though. Maybe, maybe a million other people will. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. What's your question, B? Mm. Who you got for the MVP? Who you got? Who you Ooh. got for the MVP right now? Who you? Mm. We ain't going to say, it's a lot of basketball to be played, you know? Injuries. Joel Embiid, if he was still playing, I think he w- he might have been. I'm not yep. trying to influence the decision, but you know who you think right now is the MVP? It's so tough, B. It's so tough, man. Like, I'm going with two players. Okay. Cole right now. Damian Lillard Mm. and Jokic. Uh, I respect that. Mm. The reason I'm doing – like, so my last MVP watch came out last Friday. So it was just a few days ago. But, you know, Embiid – I I said in my MVP watch, Embiid probably won't be in my top five by the next time my next one comes out because he he won't be on the court by then. Right. Then LeBron James' injury happened over the weekend, and so that's going to take him down. And then I had I had Dame at two, my last one. I had Jokic at four, so those two automatically move up. I mean, now it's just like we got new players into the mix. Now Milwaukee mm-hmm. is playing better because Giannis wasn't in my top five since I started. So now he's going to get moved up. So it beat – and James Harden, I guess I, – I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I have James Harden in my top five. I have him, I have him fifth. For two weeks in a row. But I'm just conflicted a little bit because KD's going to come back at some point. And Kyrie is playing crazy ball when he's playing. 
Um, <clears throat> most valuable player. I, I, I have a hard time with the James Harden candidacy, but I got him in the top five right now. So it, it's wide open, B. But I, you I respect right that. Now, no, I, I respect that. It's hard. Listen, it's hard. ain't no right yeah. or wrong here. You know, yeah. we listen. I like Jokic. is a good. I like Embiid versus Jokic uh, for the like the two bigs going for the MVP. That's that's what I'm hoping for at the end of the day. I hope I hope yeah. I hope Embiid gets back. Denver got to keep winning. Portland yeah. has to keep winning. Um, I like Dame. I, right, I like Dame in there too. No, Dame. Dame and Jokic have a, have a legitimate yeah. case. Like with, with LeBron being out. Yep. It's it's safe to say the Lakers are going to you know continue to fall a little bit in the standing. Embiid being out, I, I've talked to you know source close to the Sixers that they're going to be very cautious with him be like their their main focus is that he's healthy and, and back in MVP form for the playoffs right. so if that's their mindset he may miss a chunk of this regular season which will completely take him out of consideration and so if Jokic Dame can keep winning you got LeBron out of consideration for right now Joel Embiid then it's just you know Giannis you know, can he get it for the third straight time? It is. It's James Harden with Kevin Durant comes back. Right. Will Durant take um, take back his role as being the number one guy? Will that diminish what James Harden has been doing? I, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a play. lot on the plate. But mm. I, I, I think you made a great point because Dame has been his body of work. Got to stand on this now. I think he, 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 he hasn't had. He he was out with. He still hasn't had nerd. It's been two plus months. That's what I'm saying. His nerd. body. Of he work. just got CJ back. Yeah. Yeah. His body of work. I want to say this. His body of work. Jokic is playing terrific. I think you nailed it, Chris, mm-hmm. with those guys here. We'll see how it play off. I want to say this. I want to because this young man hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I want to make sure that we acknowledge it here hmm. with you on the show. Is Monty Williams. When it comes oh up for Coach of the Year, nah, he, Chris, I, I just want to make sure that the job he has done there in Phoenix is not overlooked. And listen, let's get a player's credit because they out there performing, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's get Devin Booker. Let's give DeAndre Ayton. Certainly Chris Paul is a huge. But I want to make sure that Monty Williams and the job he's done, yep. that it's acknowledged. And I, and I, and I mean that because you know, listen, I'm not taking away any every year just two or three guys that are deserving. But I want to make sure when you look at the standings right now, this late in the season, raise your hand if you said the Phoenix Suns was going to have the number two, the, the second best record in the NBA. Raise your hand <laughs> in the Western Conference. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure, Chris, that his name is out there, that we are putting him, his leadership, what he's done, but more importantly, how he has this team playing and they are they are potentially or possibly closer than we think, Chris. Hey, front runner, coach okay. of the year. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. What he's done, coach of the year. And since we own coach, I don't mean to be controversial, but I got to say it. This, this is not live, so y'all can air it out if y'all mm-hmm. want to use it. But I want to I wanna give a shout out to my man, Stephen Silas, what he's going through right. in Houston. Yep. Man, you know, this man is a guy who I – Covered for a while, see him work his butt off, work his tail for the, to get that's right his opportunity, and um, for his opportunity to be this situation, and you know we've seen that post game presser he had after they lost twenty straight. He he just he, you know I had to text him I'm like man, step away from the cliff, coach, step away from the cliff, man. It'll be all right, man. And you know I'm I'm happy they broke that. Um, they, they broke that streak. But, I, you know, I'll just say this, and this is no knock on Steve Nash, but I can't – I got to I gotta keep it real, man. Like, we, you know, the brothers ain't getting the shots that they should in the coaching ranks and the front office ranks to the point where Steven Silas has been he's, – he's born to do this. He's been born to do this. And the job – I'm glad he has a job, but it took him a long time. And the jobs that we tend to get, first and foremost are jobs like this. While, again, Steve Nash doesn't have anything to do with this, but Nash never coached. And he's first year coaching one of the best teams assembled in our time. And so we got to do better. The league has to do better. I hear all this um, diversity thing, want to get things right and make sure I'm tired of hearing all that shit. Like they got to get this stuff right and keep this fair, man. And there's a lot of 
former players who want to be coaches in this league. Um, Jawan Howard wanted to do it. He right. he couldn't get Patrick get Ewing. Patrick, for Patrick years. Ewing wanted to do it. Bob McAdoo. Come on, it's 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 too much. I'm gonna throw another Elston Turner. He's yep. been somebody yep. who's yep. been trying to get in for the longest, <laughs> man. And we don't get the opportunities. And when we do, it's the opportunities that you gotta like. You're put into bad situations to where, like, okay, Doc Rivers, he made out of, out of Orlando. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He turned. He he did something. He did something to where yep. it helped propel him. But you're not getting put in cushy situations from day one, and so I'm. They, they, we just need to, you know, we just need still need to stay on their neck about making sure things are right all across the board for all coaching professions, regardless of race. And respect the guys like you know Paul Silas, like you mentioned. I mean, a coach who was uh, one of the pioneers, and you know, and a, and a guy who was so influential. And then to have his son, it should be like a Dell Curry, Steph Curry situation. You know what I mean? But but in coaching, we we should be yeah. facilitating the situation. And I, I mean, BJ and I talked about this at the start of the year when he went into Houston. There's an optimism there when you have a guy like James Hart. You have a top five player on your team going into the season. You think. And uh, that that's what's so unfortunate about the whole thing, the way it played out in the end. So I appreciate yeah. that shout out, Chris. Um, is there uh, BJ, anything else we need to hit with Chris Man, before we get out Chris, of here? As always, thank you for taking the time, brother. You were excellent as, as usual. You're the best. Appreciate Chris. you. You do. Yeah, yeah, you really are. We, uh, we mean that. Thank you for coming on, sharing your time. And, uh, you always are welcome here. We love, uh, we love you. You know, we try to make the seat hot, but you so cool under the pressure. You know what I mean? You make it look easy, man. You know what I mean? No, I, I got the AC running on blast. Yeah, back here, yeah. So you make it look cool easy, in. man. I hey, appreciate yeah, man. you. No, All I right, appreciate man. y'all. Y'all take care. Okay, Chris, be good. Appreciate you, Chris. All right, thanks, All bro. Right, no problem, y'all. Yep. Peace.